You're good for Emma, Jake liked to say. You'll be a much better mother than my ex-wife ever was. And I thought every time, how do you know? What makes you so sure? I watched Emma with her yellow bucket, her blue cloth shoes, her black ponytail whipping in the wind as she raced away from me, and wondered, how can I do it? How can I become a mother to this girl? I lifted the Holga to my eye, aware as the shutter clicked, once softly like a toy, that Emma would be reduced to a blurry six-by-six six in black and white. She was moving too fast. The light was insufficient. I turned the winding knob, clicked, advanced again. By the time I pressed the shutter release a final time, she was nearly gone. Chapter 2 Here, then, is the error, my moment of greatest failure. If everyone has a decision she would give anything to retract, this is mine. A shape in the sand caught my eye. At first it looked like something discarded, a child's shirt, perhaps, or a tiny blanket. By instinct I brought the camera to my eye, because this is what I do. I take pictures for a living. I record the things I see. As I moved closer, the furry head came into focus, the arched back, black spots on white fur. The small form was dusted with sand, its head pointing in my direction, its flippers resting delicately at its sides. I knelt beside the seal pup, reaching out to touch it, but something stopped me. The wet black eyes, open and staring, did not blink. Spiky whiskers fanned out from the face, and three long lashes above each eye moved with the breeze. Then I saw the gash along its belly, mostly hidden by sand, and felt some maternal urge bumping around inside me. How long did I spend with a seal pup? Thirty seconds? A minute? More? A tiny sand crab scuttled over the sand by my toe. The sight of it reminded me of those miniature creatures that littered the beach at Gulf Shores when I was a child. My sister Annabelle would capture them in mason jars and marvel at their pink underbellies as they tried to climb out, legs ticking against the glass. The crab kicked up a pocket of sand, then disappeared. At most, another ten seconds passed. I glanced eastward toward the park, where the fog abruptly ended, butting up against startling blue. As a transplant to this city from the bright and sultry south, I had come to love the fog, its dramatic presence, the way it deadens sound, the way it simply stops rather than fading, opaque whiteness suddenly giving way to clarity. Crossing from fog into sunlight, one has the feeling of having emerged. Traveling in the other direction is like sinking into a mysterious fairy tale abyss. Just beyond the beach, along the great highway, a hearse led a line of cars south toward Pacifica. I remembered the last funeral I attended, a healthy guy in his late twenties who broke his neck in a rock-climbing accident. He was a friend of a friend, not someone I knew well, but because I'd talked with him at a dinner party two weeks before the accident, it seemed appropriate to go to the funeral. This recollection took another five seconds. I looked ahead, where Emma should be, but did not see her. I began walking. Everything was saturated a cool white, 
and distance was impossible to measure. I clutched the plastic Holga, imagining the great images I'd get, the deep black of Emma's hair against the cold white beach. I couldn't help thinking of the dead seal pup, how I would explain it to Emma. I believed this was something mothers instinctively knew how to do. This would be a test, the first of many. At that moment, I was not thinking entirely of Emma. I walked faster, anxious to know if she had seen the seal. It was a good thing for her to see that day, alone on the beach with me. I wanted her to be frightened by the dead seal pup, so I could step delicately into the role of stepmother. I don't know exactly when I realized something was wrong. I kept walking and did not see her. I pushed my hands in front of me, aware even as I did so of the absurdity of the gesture, as if a pair of hands could part the...